Welcome to Uncovered. I'm Steph. I'm Renee, and this is a podcast created by pole dancers for pole dancers. Welcome back to Uncovered. Today, we are going to dive deep in this episode. We're going to talk about pole and pole identity. So, I'm so excited. Today, we have, um, you might know her from one of our previous episodes where we talked about clicks. We have Mon back on our podcast. Thanks, Mon, for joining us again. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, So, when we spoke with Mon previously all about clicks, we we did dive really deep. Some of our episodes, obviously, are a little bit about, um, you know, fitness to do with pole, entrepreneurship, um, all sorts of topics. Today, we're going to talk about identity. And I feel like this relates to every pole dancer out there. And we're going to really just work on understanding what is identity, how it relates to pole and, and, you know, some of the myths, I guess, with it. And I guess just learn about it. Yeah, she's already said that this topic is so big, she's had to bring it on in, so I'm really excited. <laughs> I had to condense. I was getting we, too carried away. But that goes to show topic. there's so much to learn and so much behind it that you might not even think about. So do you want to get us started? Like, what is identity? Um, yeah, I mean, this, I guess the simple answer to that is your identity is who you are. Yeah. Like, who am I? How do I fit into the world? And how do I portray myself? Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different identities. There's, you know, social identity. So you might identify with a certain ethnicity or social group or religion or nationality. Um, and then you've got like what other things make up your identity. So the stories that you've been told from when you were really young, um, your personality traits, your beliefs, your values, what you're good at, what you don't feel like you're good at. Um, yeah, so I guess... The people who are able to really easily identify with those aspects of themselves, they're the people who have a really strong sense of identity. Mm-hmm. They tend to be people who are quite well settled um, and quite well adapted and kind of know who they are and have a really strong presence. Can, and can people have feel like really strong in one sort of identity and not in another? Yeah, absolutely. And I think people have multiple identities as well. Yeah. You know, I have a, a work personality, which yes. is very different from my <laughs> own personality. Um, you know, and I think different friends and different relationships bring out different aspects of your identity as well. Um, I don't... Yeah, oh, I was going to talk about this much later, but it's coming up already. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, let it flow. But I don't know, um, this is not a psychological term by any means, but have you heard the term revertigo? It's from an episode of oh. How I Met Your Mother and it refers to when you are around people that you knew from another lifetime or yeah. like when you were at school or at uni that, and when you hang out with them, you almost revert back to the person you were when you knew them and they bring out those old aspects of your identity. That's so interesting. Yeah, it is a really interesting concept and it's like I notice it happening with myself all the time when yeah. I hang out with old school friends that I haven't seen for years ah. and things like that and it goes to show, I guess, how much your identity can um, change and expand and grow um, yeah. over time as well. So, yeah, I think you have different aspects of your identity that have come out in different ways in yeah. depending on the situation. Yeah, and I, I think it like, yeah, personas, right? And you know when you're like around um, like a friend with a different accent and then you're around <laughs> them and then you start picking up that accent? Like, My yeah. mum does that so all the time. I do it all the time. Uh, and, like, stop. It's like all of a sudden you are not a Kiwi, right? Like, it's just so funny. Kiwis. So patronising. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, I think what I find really interesting about talking about that is, yeah, there's so many of us who have this work persona, this mm. personal persona. You probably have a studio persona oh, too. They're, they're, people talk about their pole personas. Like I think, you know, people have stage names because they yeah. identify so differently and they can all of a sudden they can be confident. They bring out their, you know, sexy self, yes. whereas you meet them at work and they're a totally different person. So... I think that's what the draw is to pole is that people can embrace parts of their identity that they don't otherwise have what they, I guess, perceive to be permission to mm, be yes. that person or yeah. to explore those avenues of their identity. Yeah, 100%. And I think I – so when before I brought the studio and you guys know this, but I was thinking about quitting mm. and it was such a huge decision to be making because, mm. yeah, it did feel that if I was no longer pole, like – what 
the hell was I? Because yeah, I've been a pole dancer I, for so long. So how am I now relevant in the world if I'm not a pole dancer? And yeah. it's funny because when you what look at yourself. What am I going to talk about at parties? <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at yourself in relation to and like in the pole world in relation to the rest of the world, like nobody really, like we always talk about we have this own little community and we have yeah. our own little celebrities and all like it's just this own little world within a world. There's so many of the outside, like much of the outside world does not really know or even care about mm. what's happening. So it's kind of like if you were to step outside it probably wouldn't really matter if you were to quit pole but then we do mm. say like I don't know what my life would be like without pole like I say mm. that all the time like I noticed know. I noticed that when I quit pole um from my, all my injuries I went through this real identity like mm. crisis almost and I think for me it didn't last too long because I have quite a few other major aspects of my identity yeah. that I'm still quite strongly fused to yeah. um but yeah I think I when I was really wrapped up in the world of pole I very much thought like pole was the only thing that existed yeah. and it was such a mm. massive part of my identity and since Crazy. I've like expanded out that I've I've realized exactly that like the actual people in my lives could care less whether I'm a pole dancer or not yeah. <laughs> so is would you say that that's then like some sort of like maladaptive thinking or behaviors like it can I guess it can well, could be good or could mean? be bad like unhelpful un yeah it's okay, not thank a, you yeah I think identity can be really helpful in certain ways but it becomes unhelpful when you fuse with it yep. and when it becomes rigid so yep. and like you said like your identities and I guess that's tied can be tied with your values and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff does change over time and can change so what you thought like five ten years ago it might not be what you think and feel now as well so. yeah and I think your identity really dictates your behaviors mm-hmm. and how you like make choices in the mm. world and how you live your life so I think some people their identity works really well for them you know if you identify as the fit person you're always going to make yeah. choices that are really fit mm. and healthy and really yes. work well towards yeah. that if you but then I think there's also people that are maybe kind of use aspects of their identity mm. to avoid growing you yeah. know if you've ever met those people who just behave badly and then they're like that's just who I I'm just a bitch that's just who I am like so all of a sudden they're giving themselves permission to behave badly and make bad choices and they don't have to change because that's who they are that's their identity yeah and you hear that so many with people with their like relationships and stuff like it's people are just like well you that's the sort of person I am like this is me love it or leave it yeah exactly where it's like actually growth is Growth is sexy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I think they're, the, so they're the kinds of people that will always eventually end up with those negative relationships or yep. struggling to keep those bonds. Because in order to, I guess, grow and adjust, you need to be able to grow in your expanded world and be able to link in with those people around you. And if you're trapped by those aspects of your identity and you're allowing them to dictate bad behaviour... So, so how do you how do you identify that and how do you not let it dictate? Um, I think it just comes back to self-reflection. Like growth is all about the ability to self-reflect and the ability to look at yourself, mm. you know, on a really honest level yeah. and listen to the feedback that you're getting from other people. If you have the same relationship over and over and over again, yeah. it's giving you the same feedback <laughs> over and over again, there's probably a pattern of behaviour there that, you know, you can look at and you can yeah. decide to change. It's really hard though. Yes. Shifting your identity can be really difficult. And and really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like humbling, mm. I guess, in a way too. Because if you have stuck by these, you know, ideas or beliefs for so long and you're like, this is who I am, and then all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, I want to change I don't want to be that way anymore. I don't want to be that way. It's going to be hard because people can be nasty and people can judge um, or you can feel like people are going to judge. But most of the time people are like, oh, no, like, this is great. Like, I like you so much better as a person now. Or you might find that those people don't grow with you and you form better and healthier relationships. And I think there's people as well who are also trapped by identities that are placed on them at a really Mm. young age. Like, you you see that a lot with, like, your career criminals. So people who are told, like, from a really young age, it's in your blood and there's nothing else for you. Or if kids who are constantly told that they're the naughty child Mm. are always going to grow up thinking I'm just naughty so that's how I need to behave you know and you you really like internalize those early messages that you get from a really young age so you'll often find like in families 
yeah, parents will have the go-to child or the, the helpful child mm. or the, you know, the child that always does what they're told and then they've got the cheeky child or the naughty child and as soon as you label it, they, yeah. they internalise that and that becomes a really, I guess, core part of your identity. So those ones can be really hard to shift. What I find interesting is as we're talking about these identities is so many people come into a studio and like, I can be myself here, like this is a great place. So why is it that these environments are encouraging people to be themselves or I guess when we think about identity, be what they perceive as themselves? So what is it about an environment that can like create that? Well, I think the pole environment it's any creative environment, really. Okay. Um, but pole in particular, I think, is just something so different. So people really use that as a way to explore new areas of themselves. Mm. And it's mm. such a naturally sexy, controversial, mm. you know, cheeky thing to do. If you're already going into that world, you've already got that in your mindset. So you're already you're a part of a community that you know, yeah, you know, we don't take stick and don't yeah. tell us that polls mm. this and blah, 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 blah. There's so actually you've a, got that rally What's the word you? for that? Is it abstinctiveness? There's a theory that is exactly that. It's like you want, as humans, we want to blend in, but uh, as humans, we want to be unique. So yeah. that's why poll is so great. Uh, I do know which word you're talking about. I remember uh, you Yeah, I'm going to have to Google it. When, yeah, we've, I think it's been brought up in a, a yeah. podcast episode, yes. but I think what's so great, and I think when you say that, that's what comes to mind because it's like, we're so different to everybody mm. outside our bubble. Mm. But so we are different to everyone else. But when we're in that environment, we also encourage the differences within our studios. But it's like the world is just our enemy. So we're unique, but we're together as well. Nothing bonds you like having a common enemy. Not that yeah. the world is your I enemy know, as a pole dancer. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I, but I think if you come back to like what makes up identity, it's mm. it's values, it's passions, it's abilities, it's personality traits. So when you walk into a pole studio, you're learning new skills. Mm. They're special skills that not everyone can do. Yeah. You're part of a community of other people who are embracing different aspects of themselves. So there's very little judgment if you decide to do something new or different or sexy like even my I even noticed it with myself like when I started poll all of a sudden my socials was so I mean I've always been a very confident person mm. but when I was a pole dancer all of a sudden it's like I had this permission like you can post a naked photo on Instagram and people are like oh it's fine she's a yeah. pole dancer you know like she's a bit risque <laughs> yeah and like even since I've stopped poll I've really noticed like I second guess those those photos now and I'm like oh wow. should I you know I had this like photo that I took the other day and I was like no and I've like never thought that before wow. like so I ended up just sending it to my husband and be like someone needs to see this photo. <laughs> <laughs> he was like you never send me photos like this because he's not on Instagram so he doesn't actually see any of oh, that's so funny. <laughs> more riskier photos but yeah I, and I all of a sudden like I don't identify that way anymore so it's shifted and changed the choices mm. and the behaviours that I make even just in the social media world. Yeah. I so know it's really we interesting. had that conversation before, mm. hence why you're here talking to us <laughs> about it today. But I was thinking about that this morning as I was preparing for this and reflecting on it myself. And it's like when I started getting really confident in poll, that's when I started bringing out the stilettos mm. at, in the workplace and I started really presenting myself in a much more confident way. Mm. And that made a huge change. Initially it was really hard because people mm. are just like – you could wear, tuck your sh shirt in for the first time ever into your skirt and they'll notice it and be like, oh, your, your shirt's tucked uh, in. Oh, like, you're <laughs> wearing that. Oh, you're yeah. wearing this dress. Or, yeah, I think I, what, something you said before, like um, when you're at the studio and people are encouraging you mm. and going, yeah, like, girl, do it or, and whatnot. It's like a lot of people don't have like a community like that mm. anywhere else. Like we come from school and school can be a mean place as well, but where you have these like friendship groups and then you don't necessarily, like, I do know a lot of people that the main people they talk to is the people at work and then yeah. they, they have a family, but then it's like they don't have much outside of that. So this is something where it's like a lot of people in one spot, but really, really encouraging environment um, and not judging mm. and caring about what someone does at the end of the day and I think you just don't get that anywhere I else. mean we focus a lot on the pole community because that's our community that we're yeah. familiar yes. with but it happens in any community yeah you know mm. it's interesting you were talking about soccer players before because yes. if you're a soccer player and you're part of your local soccer club and you go down the soccer club every Friday for a barbecue mm. blah, 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 
all of a sudden that's what builds your identity. Mm. That's what gives you confidence. Mm. That's what builds those relationships. That's what gives you purpose. It's mm. all about, you know, whatever it is that you find that you can identify with and gives you some sense of mm. self. Yep. It's a sense, it's a real strong sense of self. That's what people are really craving. Mm. And I think why poll gives you that so quickly is because, I mean, if you look at a lot of our target market, it is women who are searching for a sense of self, yeah. mm. you know, who lack confidence or have mental health issues or they're a mum and they've lost their identity yeah. from, you know, who they were before being a mum. So all of a sudden, pole, it kind of reignites that sense of I've got something now, you yeah. know, something that makes me me and something that makes me special. Yeah. I just love pole so much. <laughs> I know. It's like so warm I like all fuzzy. the warm and fuzzies have come out. <laughs> but like my husband, CrossFit, so he is – a crossfitter and that's Mm. he's got a community there he's built friends there they go out for beers they do like beach wads and all these things so yeah i agree i don't do they does he do beach wads yeah he does Ah. he's doing one tomorrow Ah, he's gonna ride his bicycle down to redlands and Ah. we'll do a beach wad so like yeah they do those things and i think that's where that's where studios do quite well yeah. is because they are very community focused generally speaking and throwing mm. all those little extra things that make them go cool like I get to be around mm. other people um is really good but yeah it's interesting when that gets taken away though what happens to your identity mm. and your sense of self oh yeah and your confidence as so, well so how do you then have an identity I guess in pole but then also like well, have you? Ha- how do you have an identity in anything, but then not let it just rule you completely? Because I know that um, I've had a few friends who has had a close friend have like an accident and then in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, and he does a lot of motivational speaking, and he's been really great after it. But it's like he was the fit person, he was the travel person, he was the active person, and like I've even thought about, it. I'm like, what if that happens to me? Like I like you know live by being outdoors and Mm. moving Mm. and like that is at the forefront of my mind like everything I do I'm like I want to have a body that I can move when I'm like 80 years old so I'm like what happens it like how am I going to deal with that so how do people how do you do that have these strong identities in these things but then also not rely on them I guess yeah it's a really I guess interesting question and I, I actually deal with this on a daily basis because I work in occupational rehab. So I deal with workplace injuries mainly oh. um, but workplace injuries they're the same they impact every aspect mm. of someone's life oh, and their yeah. identity and so much of it like is like who am I now and that loss of identity mm. and people do have like major depression when they lose major aspects mm. of their identity you you'd see it a lot in pole as well for girls who get injured and can't pole anymore mm. I know I struggled with it um but yeah there's there's a there's a lot of rehab that goes into I guess mm. losing a big part of your identity and how you redefine yourself yeah. because it is about when when it's when the loss is that big and yeah. you can't go back to doing what you were doing previously, there's a grief period, yeah. and then there's an adjustment period where you have to go. Okay, how do I now redefine myself? I can't be the person I used to be, but who do I want to be now? I like how you use the word rehab as well because mm. like rehabbing, we all know rehabbing the body for injuries, but like rehabbing the mind is a really just like yeah, therapy is like a gym. Yeah, for your brain. it really is, and yeah. it's just as it's just as. Much a three steps forward, five steps back process oh, as it yeah. is with physical True. injuries as well. True. <laughs> yeah, like it, isn't it funny how we've just as a culture in general um, or society just disregarded our brain as a muscle? Mm. But yeah. it's like so important. It yeah. drives everything we are. But literally, it also really impacts the physical body. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you look at chronic pain. I don't know if you get have you guys done an episode on like chronic pain or anything like that? No, no we, we haven't. haven't. Oh, that'd be an interesting topic. Um yeah, I'm have, writing you read, that down. Ha, have you read the book um oh shit, the zebra with the stripes or something? No. Uh, How does the zebra change his stripes or something? No, no, it's why why zebras don't get oh why zebras don't get ulcers. Sorry. Oh. It's got nothing to do with stripes. <laughs> No, it's a book about... That's one for the book. It's a a book about um, chronic pain, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, Mm. it's super, super (laughs) scientific-y. And as you can tell by that word (laughs) that I just just made up, I I just struggled to read it. But it was very, very interesting. It showed a lot of links between um, like physical health things and diseases, chronic injuries, chronic conditions and... um, 
yeah, your mental state and, and whatnot. It was very, yeah. very – it's got yeah. nothing to do with zebras um, or <laughs> ulcers. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Anyway. I mean, like in my experience when I have been through depression – Man, I mm. want to exercise mm. or I exercise to compensate to be yeah. highly functional to make sure everything looked okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, it's so important but it just depends what zone you're in. It's really, really hard to actually motivate yourself. Yeah. We've gone a bit off topic here. We have. It, going back to your question, <laughs> um, Renee, about, like, rebuilding your identity yeah. or, I guess, how do you how – do, how do you – I guess, make sure that there are things in place that you don't mm. – it doesn't ruin your life, I guess. Yes. And I think for me um, it's about making sure that you're not fused too strongly to any one part mm. of your identity, you know. So, for example, if you lost pole, Renee, mm. I know, like, you have so many other things that define you. Mm. You know, you've got – travel you've mm. got lots of outdoors things that you love to do you're you've got a social science degree mm. you know you're you've got a lot of things that would i guess buffer you from that loss yeah. you would still experience grief and depression yeah. but there's other aspects of your personality that you're quite strongly yeah like identify with that would help bring you through mm. i guess if that makes sense yeah yeah I'm like I'm screwed. <laughs> no, you're not. I love Paul. Well, well, you you rediscover other parts of you your do. Identity. And look, I've been through an identity change, and yeah. I remember going through that and being told like, "Your change right now is a whole reason." Mm. I'm gonna go there. My <laughs> previous marriage broke down. He's like, "You're yeah. changing, yeah. and your change is yeah. why we can't like this is a problem yeah. because of your change." It's like. Mm actually is it like i'm allowed to grow growth growth's okay and i think that's as a society we don't allow failures to happen yeah and like tiktok instagram social media Mm. like we're so quick to jump on the hate bandwagon with somebody and it's okay to fail and i think we really fail to see that and people trying to do something different people trying to go against the grain or whatever or just do something for themselves Mm. There's always jealousy involved. There's always, you know, judgment. And I think when coming back to identities, how many people identify as a perfectionist? Mm. Not me. Mm. I think that's something that saves me from anxiety that I've never once ever thought I was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) So I never strive to be. (laughs) Yeah, but there's so many people out there. Me too. Um, At uni, I was like, you know, like a pass is a pass. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Please get the degrees. I'll take it. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I was like that until I realised I could get a pass and then I'm like, now I want a distinction. (laughs) (laughs) But it also, again, comes back to what pressures were put on you as young. Oh, yeah, my grades were very – rampant like that was a very hot topic in my yeah for me in my household yeah i think perfectionism and anxiety go hand in hand like mm. people who uh were always criticized mm. will always strive to be perfect or the yeah. people who were also held on like that perfection pedestal mm. uh, they just they don't want to fall back down off that yeah. pedestal so yeah it is a tough one i think people don't also if they're comfortable with who you are they might not like the shift in your identity mm. and they might try and hold you back or they might you know not be ready to grow with you or you might mm. be growing in opposite directions and yeah. that can be really hard too because all of a sudden you, you've got two choices there you can keep pursuing that identity and that person that you want to be or you can hold yourself back to make the people around you happy mm. and that's a tough choice because we yeah. value our relationships and you know the things around us so and sometimes you've been friends for someone or again if it's a like a relationship there for many years and then it's kind of like well then what am I without that person and like Mm. that friendship or that relationship so I guess what I'm hearing is like almost like a bit of a conflict between two identity like separate identity I was really worried about this actually when I left pole because so many of my really strong friendships were so ingrained in my pole world Mm. and my pole identity and I was really worried about the impact it was going to have on Mm. some of my friendships um but I've been really blessed yeah I'm I think like that's another thing as well is like really make sure you invest in the right people because it hasn't really impacted any of the really important ones that's at all all. and that was one of my biggest fears when I was trying to make the decision because I'd built some really awesome friendships Mm. and when I was on the fence about whether or not I stay in pole or I leave pole it's like what's going to happen to that because like I know leaving school I don't have – I have one of those and that's because mm. I end up working with a girl afterwards, mm. you know, leaving workplaces. Like, well, you experience yeah. it all go through it, going through workplaces and you yeah. have like a work bestie. You see them every day. Like 
work is like especially if you're there full time it's like it's such a huge part of your life Mm. I know that I I probably experienced something a little similar going like taking like I was teaching two nights at one studio and then I reduced that right down and ended up sort of not teaching there for a bit and my one of my biggest things was like I have some really great friends I have a great time like I don't really want to go because it's like it's like well what's gonna happen am I not gonna see these people again Mm. like all the students that were there that I've known for so many years like that's you know the studio first started at so it's like what's gonna happen there Mm. um and I think that's was kind of at the back of my mind but not even realizing and Mm. then it's sort of kind of like you're like when it happens you're like oh it's actually the ones that matter and the ones that like you have built strong friendships with it's I think it's about having the confidence as well to be able to make those decisions and trust that the right people will stick around yes and Mm. trust in the bonds that you've made yeah because there were there will be some people that are only pole friends or are only work friends Mm. and you don't always you can't always distinguish it at the time because they're such a big part of your life but it's always very humbling when you step away like which ones stick around and which ones Mm. and this I think will be a really helpful episode for those students that have been at a studio for so long and then have had to move away Mm. we have um and we're quite um lucky I guess or fortunate that we do offer zoom um options for some classes and we do have students that come in you know um dial in or whatever you sort of call it from quite a distance away and Mm -hmm. can kind of keep some of that connection yeah we had Uh, one who moved um up north and she actually she came down and visited over Christmas and she was just like thank you so much for doing zoom like it just helped me through that transition because as you know, going to somewhere where she, I think... And she goes to another studio she now, does, but yeah. she still does, I think, online privates and, and yeah. still does the Zoom classes and stuff like that with our studio. Um, but, yeah, just, like, students moving or, you know, because obviously life happens and nothing is permanent. Like, you can't just, like, you're not just going to stay in one place forever. Some people might, mm. but it's like their partner gets a job away, they need to move, then it's like oh, what am I going to do? This is going to, like, change my whole life. <laughs> and it does. It's about adapt- yeah. adaptability. It, sometimes it does change your whole life, but I think sometimes it's not – like, the thing you have to remember is it's not always a bad thing. No. no. You know, sometimes you're moving on to bigger and better things, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes for some people the anxiety kicks in and they're almost like, you know, the better the devil I know type yeah. thing. Like, I was talking to one of my clients this week and she's in such a toxic workplace. Like mm. she's she's getting bullied, like there's all this horrible stuff going on for her, but she's so petrified about the idea of having to interview for another job <laughs> that she just won't leave. And I'm like, oh gosh, she's so trapped by that, you know, that yeah. anxiety and that avoidance. But We were talking about in a previous episode, um, like pole dancers like to represent as well. Yeah. yeah. And so it can be very hard, like yeah, leaving to a new studio mm-hmm. um, where you don't know, like you've built these friendships, especially if you've been at a studio from like when you started and you've sort of built that up because we do like to represent and we're like, this is my studio and this is like, this is my identity, I guess. So mm. that's... It took me a while to leave my first studio. I was like one foot... Mm. Out. I'm like I'm too scared to like completely detach here I'm gonna go see because they gave me so like. much yeah. and, and it's my safe space yeah. right but um we did have a question around because we're talking a lot about identities and leaving the identities but we had a question around like when can you start identifying mm. as a pole dancer yeah this was a very interesting question it was mm. yeah so yeah it's so because one of the examples um the person used was to contrast if I played in a beginner adult soccer league I don't think I'd refer or identify as a soccer player and like I think when we look at pole there's so many different levels you know there's a social pole there's a competitive pole there's a professional pole Mm. there's the instructors or whatever like there's a lot of layers there so at what point and I feel like I know the answer to this but like at what point can you start identifying as a pole dancer like, is there a rule to this? Well, I think it depends who you ask. For me, I'm like, there's no rules. Yeah. Like, the first day you walk in there and if you love it, you're, like, a pole dancer. Yeah, well, well, as soon as it becomes regular, you know, once you've done a term and you're attending weekly, like, yeah, you're a pole dancer. That's the sport you do. That's mm-hmm. what you do. But I do know that in some sports, like aerials, for example, they're very particular about who can call themselves an aerial artist because I know um, I can't remember who it was but someone's daughter was doing aerials and she put on her social medias that she was Mm. an aerial artist and her studio was an uproar that she's not experienced enough she doesn't have 
the right, you know, mm. I guess competitive backing or resume to be calling herself an aerial artist. But I've never heard anyone in the pole industry refer to that. Kind I guess of thing. it's I guess it's really depending on how people define the terms. Yes. Because mm. like when you think about it, if someone's a professional soccer player, they're getting paid to play soccer. If someone's a professional pole dancer, they compete in a professional division yeah. in pole. Yeah. If you're an instructor, you get paid to be an instructor. Teach. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess it's definitely around the definitions. And I think for aerial artists, maybe it's like a some sort of status, mm. like performing, I don't know, gigs paid. I don't know. That's really interesting. Like, yeah. what, like I guess when I think about it in poll, like my initial thoughts are it depends mm. on the person and how mm. they feel. But um, when I think about – like when can you start calling yourself a competitor? I did one competition and – I'm never going to do another one, but now I'm a competitive pole dancer. Like mm. to me, that doesn't align. Like, but if yeah. you do, if you do one term of pole, and you're going to commit and you're going to stay and do more, I'm like, yeah, call yourself a pole dancer. I guess it sounds mm. like with those words that you're saying that there's some sort of ongoing yeah. thing there. So when you're a um, competitive pole dancer, like it's You've not got a commitment. It's to a commitment. Competing. It's something. Sounds like something in the future. Or yeah. You know, you. I don't know. I never identified as a pole dancer, which is weird to say. I've only really thought about it since you sent me this question. But it, I was an instructor. I was very heavily involved in my studio. I did pole for a good five or six years. But I don't think I ever once said to someone, I'm a pole dancer. I think mm. I would refer to it as something I did. Like, mm. I do pole. Or oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a pole instructor. Mm. Or... Oh, yeah, I, I've done some pole competitions or I, I'm a competitive pole dancer. Yeah, or, I say that. I've, you done, know, I've done pole competitions Yeah, I've done before. pole competitively. Or, but, I, I mean, that doesn't even really relate for me. I did one pole competition and then mm. injured myself. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I never – I, And I, I think this as well it definitely comes down mm. to how you define pole dancer because I just stayed away from the term pole dancer because I was like, can I even call myself a pole dancer? Is that a stripper term? Yeah. Like, yeah. does that even relate to me? So yeah. I think I always just referred to it as something I did. What will other know? people think outside the pole world? Well, yeah. How will they interpret it? It's always up to interpretation. Yeah. It is. And I think it's interesting because now I'm reflecting back on mine and I spoke quite openly about pole but I don't know if I ever really started calling myself a pole dancer until I brought the business. Mm. And the only thing I can think – oh, no, I probably have. Like I'd probably be like I'll trust the pole dancer to have like that thought mm. or something. Like in a group social I was going to say yeah. if you're the only one. I feel like if yeah. I was the only one in a group, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a pole dancer. Whereas mm. when you're with a bunch of friends that are all pole dancers, you're not a pole dancer. Everyone's a pole dancer. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... You don't need to make that differentiation. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's funny. Like I've, I've only just now, like I haven't polled for a good three years, I'm going to say. Why has it been that long? Yeah, well, I think I was still very much involved up until I had yeah, Sophie, but so, I wasn't yeah. really doing much when I was pregnant. So I'd say three years. But... It's only just been recently that I've really stopped referring to that part of my identity at all. Like mm. I even like over the last two years, I would still tell people like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, you know, yeah." No, I, would say I, I don't say I'm a pole like dancer, but like, I oh, I was a pole dancer, or I did pole for ages, or that's my thing. But I would say, but oh it's yeah, it's not really. I'd say, Mon, <laughs> I would just say, Mon, a fellow pole dancer. Like that's yeah, how right. I used to see you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in all fairness, I don't really do that much pole anymore, and. But then who knows what you do or what you don't. Who knows what you do and don't do? Like for all I know, you could be doing classes and just not posting about Mm. like, you know, nobody really knows. Just take a picture on a poll (laughs) once a month, post on Instagram, you're a poll dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Official uncovered definition of poll dancer. I think the biggest thing is with this question, I guess, is it sounds like this person wants to call themselves a pole dancer Mm. and wants to identify um, as one. So I think that... They've been doing pole for a couple of years too. Well then, yeah, I think then definitely, you're definitely a pole dancer. Um, Whether you, like, I guess your own mindset around if that means you compete or teach or whatnot, but you do. Well, they, yeah, they, um, I should probably elaborate. Um, They do it for fun and... They've never done a competition, don't plan on becoming an instructor and I focus more on the fitness aspect than the dance aspect. See, that's another thing. Are you a pole Pole. fitnesser? (laughs) 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 But like that is for some pole dancers in the industry, 
the yeah. dance and the fitness, it's very important which one you lay down. Back to your point before, Mon, it's like, it's can a, I even refer to myself as a dancer? Yeah, because it, it's, controver- yeah. it's a controversial topic it as is well. A, that's I, true, I know some pole dancers that refer to themselves as dancers. They just use the term dancer. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, pole does involve a lot more than just dancing on a pole. There's... Hand, yeah. they, people are really into handstands at the moment. It's handstand February. Oh, yeah. There's acro. There's doubles. There's just pure dance. Like that's so true. There's so many aspects. I of would it. never call myself a dancer because I, I've I never done. Like yeah. I, I just don't feel like I, um, like I do like lots of dancing with a pole and yeah, <laughs> like, but I wouldn't call myself a dancer just because yeah. I guess I don't. Maybe that's my own thoughts or feelings about how I feel about my own mm. dance and my style and how yeah. I perceive dancers to yeah. be. But you, I see you as a very strength-based yes. pole dancer. Yes. Yeah. Like you're very focused on tricks and yes. dynamic movements Definitely. and strength. And you have beautiful dance movements yeah. that come with that. But whereas there's other like um, people in the pole industry that I know, they are all about the pole, dance. Like if, dance. if there was no dance aspect to it, they would be lost. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, again, totally. just to, I mean, I don't think you have to identify in any particular way, but if you feel like calling yourself a pole dancer, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules that I know of no. in the industry. No. Yeah. And like I would, the only thing that I'm really aware of is obviously the exotic and the stuff mm. that happened with that um, early last year. Yeah. So that would be the only term I would probably recommend reading or investigating if you're yeah. if you want to refer to yourself as an exotic um dancer and how you would use that word mm. um however yeah like i i don't think it is i think it's i think it depends on the type of studio you're a part of um if you're going to a studio that's hardcore pole sports and pole sports only mm. you might have a different term of which you want to relate to i know um, some girls that only refer to it as pole fitness mm. because they want that's how they want it that's what they identify with and that's mm. how they want it. And then there's mm. other girls who are very much like we want to involve all aspects of pole and we appreciate everything and, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I – for, for me, my instant reaction to that was whenever you want. Yeah. If you identify with I would agree, it. like rereading it now and, yeah, I think if – especially during a couple of years, if you feel like it's a big part of your – like how much of – part of your life is it too like if it's a big part of your life you might want to start using that reference um depends on the people around you too but i think it also comes down to going all the way back to what you said with your identity it's like how were you brought up and what was told to you when you were growing up mm. these might influence how quickly you jump to giving yourself a label mm. in the space. i don't i think the reason i never really referred to myself as a pole dancer is exactly that i don't yeah. like to have anyone label like mm. I, there are people that see that side of my identity. There are people that see the other side of my identity. Mm. And I think similar to what I was talking about with you before, Renee, mm. with having lots of parts of your identity that yeah. are very strong, that's what kind of really saved me when I quit pole is that mm. I, had, I had really strong aspects of my personality and my identity that I could then move on yeah. to. Mm. Um, but I also don't just refer to myself as a counsellor or yeah. I don't just refer to myself as a mum where yeah. I know heaps of mums that they that's all they identify with yeah. is I'm just a mum. And I'm like, well, what else though? Mm. You know, so for me, I'm very careful with labelling myself in any one way because I've learned that lesson mm. yeah. from leaving pole. Um, I don't really like labels in general, to be honest. Even in therapy, like if someone, someone tells me yeah. I've got this diagnosis or that diagnosis, I'm like, yeah, it's just a label. Yeah. Mm. Like doesn't really change. From, it, it changes slightly maybe how I work with you depending on – what that label is mm-hmm. but ultimately yeah. yeah but it's your behaviors that exactly you display that create and make up that label right totally like, mm. um and we were talking about this off air just before it's like when you're starting to quit smoking or drinking yeah. or whatever it's like they recommend when like from a mindset mindset comes into this right mm. they recommend oh no instead of saying i'm trying to quit it's I don't smoke anymore. Like you really got not even anymore. Just I, I'm yeah. a non-smoker. I don't smoke. Yeah, yeah. you really so interesting. I literally had something come up in my feed about that. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. And and yeah. all yeah, they. I think I can't even remember where I read that, but that was like and and to do with anything. Mm. Yeah, like it's if you're, do you, if you're trying to change the behavior, like quitting smoking, and yeah, it's like person A and person B get offered a cigarette. Person A says, oh, "I'm I'm trying to quit." Yeah. Person B says, "I'm a non-smoker." Yeah. Then the person who identifies as a non-smoker is going to be, yeah. you know, it's the same as if you're wanting to change your fitness habits, mm. you know, or 
I, um, I did that as well when a couple years ago, maybe it's been two years, I wanted to like just not eat like as much fast food and I wanted to stop eating like McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, KFC was like the three main ones just because they're the big brands. Um, and I haven't had any of that for like what two years or whenever I sort of first made that sort of decision myself. And when people are like, oh, do you want to go to McDonald's? I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I don't eat McDonald's. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then for that, for, for me, like there was a couple of times where I craved it and like KFC smells so frigging oh good. My and God. I remember I the taste. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, I don't eat KFC. Yeah. I don't eat that. And I've I eaten so much of it in my life before. Mm. But that was just a decision I wanted to make. I still have other t- um, fast food stuff. So it's not like I don't eat fast food, but it was just a mindset thing for me. And it mm. made it so easy because I just had wanted to make that decision. Yeah. And, and ever since then, like, I haven't had anything from there. I almost caved actually the other day and got an ice cream because I really wanted an ice cream. <laughs> and then I was just like, it's just an ice cream. Like you can do it. And then I was just like, oh. And the, I think sometimes the fear of losing that identity can also keep yeah. you on track. Yes. That's what, yeah, that's what I thought. But my, actually my mindset went from, oh no, but then I can't like, then that whole. What if someone sees me eating KFC? <laughs> and, said, and then they said, you said you don't eat KFC. But then I'm like, but also again, that's not my identity. If I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. So mm. I said to myself, okay, go, go get an ice cream. And then I was like, oh actually no I'm not gonna get it yeah so it's like yeah it's definitely I got accidentally labeled (coughs) as the fit chick at work (laughs) because I I like must have been just a couple of times in a row I ordered a salad when we were at lunch or something and Uh, everyone's like you're so healthy mon like you're the healthiest (laughs) one here so all of a sudden I was like I'm the healthy one. <laughs> so like all my decisions were like whenever I went out for lunch at work, I was always making the healthy choice and I was because always ordering a water <laughs> and I was ordering something. <laughs> so funny I'm like, because these people think I'm really healthy. and But I embraced it because I was like, that's a good identity. Yeah. Like that's yes. a good one to have. So I just kind of ran with it. That's true. And how it can help your habits. I also got labeled the healthy one at too. my, just because I had a smoothie. I'm like, you guys have no idea what's in this smoothie. It could be syrup. <laughs> like, that story before, I think. It could be syrup and everyone's just like, and I'm like, do you not see the chocolate? that I eat but they just people remember one thing or two things and then they're like you're that person you do that you go to the gym or you're outside like I remember an (laughs) ex-boyfriend's mum once I I must have like not eaten meat the first time I went there for dinner (laughs) and then she just thought I was a vegetarian every time I went there she was like you're a vegetarian I'm like I'm not she's like (laughs) okay and then she just like every time in her mind she's like no you're a vegetarian because you you can also associate people with like an identity that you give them I guess is like oh that's the person that does this or doesn't do that Mm. or there's so much to it. Yeah. I think people are, I don't know why, but people are really afraid of being labelled as fake. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you might even find that if someone else has an idea of who you are, mm. you'll just behave that way to keep them comfortable so because you don't want to appear fake or you don't want to appear like yeah. you're doing something against what you yeah. are perceived to be. And when someone mm. thinks so long about you in a certain way and then if you don't act in that way and then they're like, oh, like, but you're this, like, they then they get confused and then you're, like, oh, anxious about it because you're, mm. like, this person thinks I'm that. People yeah. like to put you in a box. Yes. That makes sense to them mm. in their world. And, um, yeah, sometimes you should all just, just do random shit to just throw <laughs> stuff off, like, throw people off. Everyone knows I hate spiders. Maybe I should just, like, get a pet spider. <laughs> Oh, I, I hate spiders as well. Like that's going to be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. I'm like, stop! I'm coming here right now. Come on, the spider. It's in um, a cage. Even in, even in pole, um, like I was thinking about um, the other day how we label non-polars as muggles. Mm. Yeah. And how, you know, it makes and us feel quite special. And, yeah. But know. I guess that's when you're in the community, they're the muggles. But then when you're out of that, like when you're with like your normal friends and family or whatever, then they're not muggles anymore. Like they're just. Yeah. I think it depends know. on who you speak to. I think oh, some people okay. are still like my muggle friends. And even when they're with their muggle friends taking a photo, they always have to be doing the split. I can't take a pole dancer anywhere. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All of a sudden you're allowed to do a split in every photo because you're a pole, a pole dancer. dancer. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it so funny? Like that is something that so many people are going to be like, There's, yeah, that happens or I do that. Yeah. But like, why is this drawn back into our identities? Like yeah. super interesting. Gives you permission. Gives yeah. you permission to do the things That's you want to do. So you identify sexy, with it. Wear the heels, yeah. do the dance, do the body rolls. Like yeah. I know since being a pole dancer, I'm way more comfortable. Mm. 
dancing on an empty dance floor than I ever was. Oh yeah, mm. for sure. Before, like I was like, who fucking cares? I'm like, get me up on that stage, even though I actually don't really love performing no. <laughs> at all. But like at the club, I'm like, I don't want to be amongst all these people. These muggles. Peasants. I don't want to be with these muggles. I'm yeah. a pole dancer. Like, get me on that stage. Get me on a stage, <laughs> and so I just have more space, and I'm just like, yeah. I remember when we went on our. Um, one of our, our first like big brand Christmas party and I think it was okay. – oh, no, it was the second one and it was the Male Strip Club. I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there. Were you? No. no. Oh. And somebody got up – I won't label them out in this thing <laughs> – got up and it's like, I'll show you how to do it. Like <laughs> dropping the splits, doing the fish flops. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I think she may have actually kicked somebody in the face. Oh. But like a bunch <laughs> of pole dancers – in that environment, like a yeah. male strip club. Oh, and, and, like and you know what? Sometimes it's really obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> it's really to, – to non-pole people, it's like, oh, fucking polers. Well, like. well, I guess that's another aspect of like what happens when you're then around a bunch of other people who also identify. Like I'm thinking of like like males. Like you get a whole bunch of males together mm. that like are all into the same thing and then they just – feed each other and then just at this next level that's like pole dancers you go out with <laughs> oh, a group 100%. of 10 pole dancers and guarantee they'll be street polling yep. they'll be doing this they'll be doing all that sort of stuff what because you have birthday, more Renee? confidence what birth, what one <laughs> Last year. the yacht club yeah like that exactly that's a perfect example <laughs> i wasn't too bad but there no, was splits there, there was, was splits but do you know what like who cares head. like i love yeah. i love that it gives people yeah. permission to do yeah. the things they want to do like just don't let your identity hold you back no yes. you know use it to fuel the things you like and the things that you enjoy and to bring you i guess confidence and stability but also don't feel trapped by it yeah, mm. because that's when it gets negative. And I think if you're living to your true values, mm. your identity is just going to feel natural and yeah, it's going to feel totally. okay. Um, so, but before we wrap this up, what are some myths? Oh, yeah, about I have got some myths. I know. I'm excited <laughs> for this. Give and us some identity. This actually plays straight into that point you were just making because the point that I've written here is that you don't have to be defined by any one thing or person or event. Yeah. You can choose the person you want to be mm. yeah. and the things that you want to do and oh, the behaviours yeah. you want to display. And the myth number one is you are defined by what you do. Mm. So this person thinks that if they aren't on top or if they aren't perfect at what they do, then they aren't worth anything. Mm. Mm, I'm reading a book called Mindset at the moment and it talks all about this stuff. It's great. Mm, yeah. yeah. I like that. Myth number two is you are defined by what you look like. Mm. And these are the people who look in the mirror and decide that if they're not the best looking person in the room, then they're not worth anything. Yeah. Um, What's really interesting too is we all tend to have this like mirror face. Mm. Like when we look in the mirror. <laughs> I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we do this face. Yeah, we do this <laughs> face to make ourselves because that we want to seem more attractive when yeah, we look totally. at ourselves. So. Mm. And um, it's funny like different people, um, me and my friend Sarah were having this discussion um, yeah literally this week and all the things that she loves most about me and then all the things that I love most about her we're constantly looking at each other thinking god I wish I looked like that yeah and like not even realizing how much the other person is looking back and going oh god she's so beautiful or she's so sexy or you know and it was a really eye-opening conversation because yeah I just had no idea Uh, here's me constantly thinking she's the pretty one in the friendship and she's like no you're the sexy one in the friendship (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm like we're both beautiful Um, all right, so the myth number three is you are defined by who you know. So mm. these are the people pleasers, the ones that like to be part of a certain group or be associated with a certain crowd. Um, they base their identity on the number of friends they have or how well they're known in their yeah. social circles. Um, and number four is people who are defined by what they have done. Um, they believe they will never be worth anything because they've messed up in the past. So these are the people who get, I guess, held back by past mistakes or um, negative identities that they've formed young mm. and they can't escape those because they feel like they're defined yeah. by those mistakes or they're mm. defined by those identities. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important, I think, to recognise and realise that you can shift and change your identity mm. um, and you're never defined by the way you look or what you've done or who you know, um, but by how you treat people and how you make people yeah. feel. Um, and as long as you're living, like Steph said, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> close, I guess, to your values and you're living a life 
that um, you know makes you feel comfortable, then you're always going to be quite well adjusted. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And there's something I've read because I've been doing a lot of diversity reading too. And I think when you said like if it's the way you put yourself out there, it's just like kindness, respect yeah. and compassion. Like we're all different. We all have different experiences and that's who make us who we are and that's okay to be different. Mm. So is there anything you want to cover off before we wrap this up? Oh, gosh. I feel She's like, like I can I just give you guys got my through notes. half of my notes. <laughs> Well, there'll probably be a part two then. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think yeah. we covered a lot of it in yeah. our little diversions here and there. Yeah, 100%. Kind of, I think it all kind of made sense. Um, if there's anything that we definitely miss, we can check it up on the it, Instagram page this week. Yeah, I'd love to hear if anyone has any questions about identity they want answered. Mm, is there, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but is there like a good resource or a book or something like that that you know of that people like to learn more about identity? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of, people that I would recommend looking mm. into um Brene Brown is great oh. I just gifted um Renee Brene Brown's deadly book today oh uh, yeah she talks a lot about <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um also I'm kind of frothing over um James Clear at the moment oh yeah. I love he James does a lot Clear. on like habits and he talks a little bit about how identity impacts your habits yep. and things like that um but yeah there's quite a few things um a few people mm. out there that I think have some really sound awesome. things to say. Yeah. Yeah, when I was quitting start. smoking, I um, read. So funny, I don't Did like you. Smoke? Like yeah, you I say that heavily. Yeah, I used to be a smoker too, and I was like, when you said that, I'm like, wow, just can't picture you as a smoker. Yeah. Um. What was his name? Someone car. Oh, the book that I read, it was all about like exactly what you said. Yeah. Like with a non-smoker identity thing. Mm. Um. I want to say James, but only because I just mentioned James Clear. <laughs> yeah. No, someone car. So how to how to quit smoking or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're trying to quit smoking, read that book. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for delving deep with us on pole identity, and thanks to Mon for bringing us all her knowledge and no talking about it. It's a really good topic and I think a, lo- a lot of you guys will get some from this. So if you do have any questions, we'll pop a question box up this week and maybe convince Mon to come and answer them for us. I feel um, like we didn't touch on pole much. Did I we touch know. on pole much? We did talk about pole for quite a bit. Yeah, There was a lot a of it through there yeah. for sure. But um, yeah, it's super interesting just to like – I think bring this topic up and put it out there. So I'm interested in what you guys think. So come hang out with us Mm. at uncovered.pd on Instagram. We're obviously on YouTube as well. We did have a technical difficulty with videos and there will be a bit chopped out. But otherwise, come hang out with us wherever you want to. And we will see you next time. Bye.